0: We're going to talk about talents and gifts and the things that God has gifted you with and being disciplined about those things. And that might seem like something that um, when we talk about self-control, you know, a lot of times it's kind of these reactive things. But this is one of those things that we can look at, what are we doing with the things that are in our hands? What are we doing with the things that God has gifted us in our talents, our gifts, um, the areas of our lives, of our purpose, that type of thing, are we being diligent in using those? And it's been probably one of the greatest struggles of being a mom in my life. Um, I think, you know, when you're young, you kind of like, what what do you dream of being? What do you want to do? What do you want to go into? And then all of a sudden you have kids and you're like, well, that was fun. <laughs> now I'm going to white butts forever. You know, you kind of feel like any kind of vision for Dreams and gifts and talents, a lot of times it just get kind of gets pushed aside, and yet um, I had to really begin to realize that just because different seasons of my life come along that might look different, it doesn't discount the purpose that God has for me and the talents and the gifts that He's given to me. And we all have. Um, a responsibility to be disciplined in whatever those things are that he's given us, the gifts and talents that he has has given us. And um, I just love God. God moves on the earth today. God works in people's lives. God comes and he is... He is revealing himself to people. He is working, working, working on this earth. And he could, if he wanted to, just come and like drop a bomb of, (laughs) I'm going to show myself to you now. I'm going to accomplish this thing. He could just do it all himself. And yet he chooses to use us. He chooses to do his work on the earth through his people. He chooses to give Stacy a gift and a talent, and he put things in her that made her good at things, and then as she goes throughout her day, and as she goes to work, and as she deals with her kids, and as she deals with her neighbors, he is accomplishing his purpose through her, and through all the things that she does, and the interaction she has with people, and that gives me, never ceases to not give me chills, that God would choose to use us in all of our frailty and all of our brokenness and all of our mistakes that we made. We are the plan that He has to reach the world. And so um, we have been all given gifts. We've been all given talents. We've all been given things that God has put in us that are unique for Him to use as tools to go out and spread His love and His light to the world. And so, whatever that might be for you, Uh, We have to be faithful in using those things, and uh, there are seasons of my life that I think, well, I've been really faithful, and then there are seasons of my life that I think, you know what, I I wasn't very faithful, I just kind of, I don't know whether I felt like I didn't have the time or whatever, but um, we're going to kind of talk about that today, so I want to talk first a little bit about the gifts and talents that you have. And then we're going to talk about ways to be disciplined and self-controlled in them. So we need to remember that all gifts come from God. Everything that we have, all of the gifts, all of the talents that we have. James 1.17 says, every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of heavenly lights, in whose character there is no change at all. God has given each of us Gifts. He's given us talents. Now, what are gifts? Let's kind of get a little working definition here before we dive into this. Um, They're the things that you're good at. They're the things that you care about. They're the things that you have natural talents. There are spiritual gifts. There are things that you excel in. There are every facet of your personality, your intellect, your passions, your makeup, the things that God used when he created you so when i do polka dot girls and bazooka boys and i talk to the little kids i always um have a little bag when i talk about your gifts i i bring a little bag like they're going to go to a sleepover and i say and so god packs everything in your little bag that you're going to need for your whole life when he made you the bible says that he formed us he knew us and so he looked ahead at Angela's life and went okay i see every day laid out of her entire life and all the ways that I want to use her. And so I'm going to put in her everything that she is going to need for those, to accomplish those things. And that's your gifts, and your talents, and your personality, and your point of view, and everything. That's why we're all so unique, because each of us accomplishes God's unique purpose for us. And so everything that's been put in you has been put there by God. Everything that you care about, it's not an accident. It's not a mistake. Um, I shared in the book um, a, an experience that kind of opened my eyes to this. I was in college and I was traveling around with a singing group and I remember being in a camp and this lady came up and started praying for me so it was nobody I knew and she was praying for me and she said um, your gift of compassion was given to you by God because that's how he's going to use you to reach the world. Now I knew that I was compassionate. I knew that I always cared about people. I always knew that I had a soft heart and tender towards things, and give away my mom's stuff. And we talked about that last week. I always knew that that was kind of my view. Like I could always point, pick out in the room, like somebody who was sad, and that I always I was always moved to to do something about that. So I always knew that compassion was in me. But I just thought that was just like that's just who I am. Like I'm kind of the bleeding heart kind of girl. It never, ever, ever occurred to me that that was something God had put in me until that moment. And all of a sudden, it just opened my eyes that whenever I would see someone in pain, it was like, I'm on alert, <laughs> like this is the bat signal is now up for me. This was this was something God said, I'm going to put this in you so that this is going to be your job, and all of a sudden making that connection that that gift in me was not an accident, but that was actually by purpose and by design that every bit of ministry that I would do from then on was going to go through the filter of that lens, it just changed everything for me, and all of a sudden this, this purpose rose up in me. Um, another thing that really helped me with this was a few years, many years ago, because my kids were little. I think you were in the Bible study that I taught about discovering your kids' spiritual gifts. And I found a book, and it's great. It's a great book. I don't love everything about it, but there's so many great things. It's called Discovering Your Children's Spiritual Gifts by Don and Katie Fortune. And it's a book about looking at your children's gifts and parenting from that place. So it talks about how um, your child might have the gift of a um, profit, which for them is like leadership, and so your child might have that, and so what that means is they are very much a leader. They see things very black and white. They are, you know, they They always seem to be able to tell everyone in the room what to do, (laughs) no problem being the first bossy and all that kind of stuff. And so it's saying that this, if you look at your children's personalities as all being gifted by God, then you begin to parent those personalities. So if your child is that, they call it a perceiver, would be that kind of bossy leadership type of thing. If your child has that gift of being a perceiver, well, then you're going to help them develop that gift, and they're going to go out into life having you begin to shape that, so you see that that's the way that they view the world, so you let them pick some things. My sister's kind of that way, and I remember my parents, like, letting her plan vacations because she was otherwise, if she did not get to be in charge, she would just I'm not getting out of this car. She hated it. So I remember my parents starting going, well, then you pick. You make a plan. You write out where we're going to stop. You make the plan. And she just was like, I am so on this. She got to totally be bossy and loved it. But I remember that was a huge thing for her to start to see how she loved to organize things and to kind of put things together. And so this book helped me to look at my kids and start going, "Okay, what do I see in her? What do I see in her? it, and the amazing thing about the book is it helps you to, how do I play into their strengths? But for every strength, it has this underside of weakness. So the perceiver who sees things very black and white, and it's right or it's wrong, and they know exactly what they want to do, well, they can be harsh. They can tend to not see other people's feelings because it's right and it's wrong, and sometimes they don't think about how it makes other people feel. They just see the task at hand. And so you begin to nurture the uh, the, the weakness of that gift and say, I get what you're saying, but remember, your friends might not always want to do things the way that you want to do it. So what would be a nice way for you to talk? Or teaching them to take turns. And so it goes through every different gift that your children might have and how to play to their strengths. For instance, a compassion child, um, let them serve other people. Find um, compassion children are really good with pets, just so you know. (laughs) If you have a kid that loves to care for other people, they love to nurture and care for pets. It's really good for them. But the weak side of a compassion child is they tend to follow the crowd. They don't want to let anybody down. They want to please everybody. And so you begin to strengthen them. Say, you are so great. I'm so glad that you care about other people and you want to help them. But let's talk about when you have to stand up and that's okay. And you begin to strengthen that muscle in them. So anyway, it's a great book. But that began to open my eyes too. Because when I started looking at my kids and how different their gifts were, I began to realize how cool the whole body of Christ is and how God made each of us so different with such unique perspectives and how I have to run my lane of what God gave me to do. And I need Jeff to run his lane of how God created him to be. And I need Lucy to run her lane of how God created her to be. For each one of us, we all need to take those gifts and we all need to be diligent and faithful in using them however God tells us to. God expects us to use and be faithful with our gifts, and one of the hardest things to watch is to watch somebody squander their gift. Have you ever watched anybody who, like, really had a talent for something, and they just, ah, I don't really do that anymore, I don't really care about it, or they don't invest in it? That is sad. I taught piano and voice lessons for years and years, and the kids that would come in, I mean, you pretty much get the understanding that half of them were never practicing at all. And this, you know, it's fine. It's what they, they're doing lessons and it's fine. And I came to understand that. I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to be a mean old 80-year-old piano teacher who was slapping everybody's fingers with rulers. So I made peace very quickly with the fact that most of them are not going to practice. And it was fine. But the ones that came in and I could see legitimate talent and I could see that this could be their thing. Something was totally different for me when they would show up and be like, I never got to it. Something was different the way because I could see, no, 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 hold on. I think there's something special here. And so I'm going to push you in this because this seems to be a gift and a talent. There's nothing worse than watching somebody with a talent just squander it and not use it and not follow through with it. That's um, we can miss out on that when we don't follow through with our talents. And so I want to read a story. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a story, a parable about uh, three servants. And we're going to kind of base all of the rest of our lesson on this story. So let's read it together. Matthew 25, 14 through 30, I'll read it to you. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing up, uh, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground, and he hid the master's money. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. For to those who use well what they are given even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant out into the utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a great story. Makes it very clear that God is not pleased when we do not use the things that he has given us. When we do not use the gifts and the talents that he has given us. But for for some some reason a lot of times we don't we don't realize, hey, there's a responsibility to be faithful with the with these talents and so we we don't use the gifts God has given to us. A couple other verses that that bring this point home. Colossians 3:17 says, "Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever you are capable of doing, do it with all your might, because there's no work, thought, knowledge, or wisdom in the grave, which is where you are headed. God gave each of us gifts. He has a purpose for us, and we need to be disciplined in the areas of of the gifts that he's given us. So I want to give you a couple minutes. If you turn to page 65 there is a place for you to just do a little bit of thinking about maybe what some of your gifts are, some of the things that maybe God has put in you, um, uh, some of the questions that ask asked just to kind of get you start thinking. What are you good at? What intrigues you? What energizes you? Um, when you have an afternoon to yourself, what activity would you engage in? Napping does not count. You do not have the spiritual gift of napping. <laughs> I mean, I might, (laughs) but um, what are some of the areas in which you feel that God uses you to help or minister to other people? Where is that moment where you go, when I do that thing, I just feel like God is using me. I can just sense it. I just feel the sense of purpose when I'm doing this thing. Um, What are some of the areas in which you feel that God uses you to help or minister to other people? Um, What inspires you? What are you passionate about? And what do you get angry about? What are the things that some injustice or something that you just go, this is just, I have to be a part of finding a solution to this, or this just, I need need to help solve this problem. So I want you to think about some of those things. I want to also give you, I just read this the other day. Um, I'm going to read you a couple of just the different spiritual gifts that are listed in scripture. So Romans 12 lists gifts as exhorting, so that's encouraging other people. Giving, um, giving money, giving other things. You just are a generous person. Um, a leadership gift where you help organize things, help lead things. The gift of mercy, which is like compassion, um, caring for other people. Maybe it's uh, prophecy, which is speaking um, truth to people um, in the, the um the book I was telling you about for your kids, they call it a truth teller. And I have a couple friends that that's like, I love, I tell them now that I go, oh, okay, I know you're being the truth teller for me now. <laughs> so I love truth tellers. I have a number of them in my room, in my world. Um, service is serving other people. You love to just do works and help others. There's the gift of teaching. Um, also in First Corinthians 12, it lists administration, being an apostle, discernment, like my husband has this gift so huge, like he can just, Sense kind of that underlying where people are coming from. He just has this really great gift of discernment. Um, the gift of faith, of believing for things. Like, you are the one that's like, I know we can do it. <laughs> like, I love being around people who have the gift of faith. Um, the gift of healing. You help others get whole. Um, the gift of helps. The gift of knowledge, miracles, prophecy, teaching, tongues, tongues and interpretation, wisdom. Ephesians 4 lists some other ones. The gift of celibacy. Since you all have children, I'm guessing that's not your gift. It's <laughs> fine. Somebody out there's got that. Um, the gift of hospitality. This is one of my gifts of welcoming people into my home. And I feel alive when I have people in my house with their plates full of food and we're sitting around. That makes me so happy, the gift of hospitality. Um, martyrdom, missionary, voluntary poverty. I also do not think I have that gift. Um, and one other thing before you take a second and look uh, at those things is I, I stumbled across, across this if I can find it. Um, this lady did some writing on the difference between spiritual gifts and natural talents, and we're talking about both today. So spiritual gifts, those are the things that I listed, um, but sometimes spiritual gifts can get confused with natural talents. So like, well, what is it? Is it a gift from God that it's that I just am good at? you know, music? Or is that a spiritual gift that, like, God just makes you good at music? So I I thought this was some good clarity. Um, She said, a spiritual gift is from God, independent of parents. So something God just imparts in you. A natural talent is from God, but it comes through your parents. So it's something that you kind of see grow up in you. It's something you've always had. Um, uh, Spiritual gifts are from new birth. So as you begin your walk of faith and you begin walking with God, you start to see spiritual gifts begin to emerge and get stronger. Natural talents are from birth. They are the things that you are just born with. Spiritual gifts are to benefit others on a spiritual level. It's to to reach spiritual needs. Natural gifts are to benefit others on a natural level. But when used alongside spiritual gifts, they can have spiritual benefits. So the combination of those two together. Um, can make spiritual and natural benefits. Spiritual gifts, we recognize, we develop, and we exercise them through God's power. We recognize, I think God has given this to me, and we continue to grow in Christ, and then that gift begins to grow. Natural gifts, we recognize, develop, and exercise in your own power through training and practice. So there are some things that, you know, I can't just sit at the piano and go, all right, Lord, I am just waiting for you to just impart this gift into my fingers, and you could sit there. You could try. <laughs> I don't know that it's going to work. So there's a combination. And yet God developed the gift of, of wisdom in me. Okay, well, I can't really. I can't. I'm now going to become wise, <laughs> like, wisdom. You know, there are things, there, spiritual gifts that are developed as you grow in your walk with the Lord. And you begin to learn to hear his voice clear. And those gifts begin to develop. Um So I thought that was really good. Spiritual gifts are dedicated to God for his use and his glory. Natural talents are dedicated by believers to God for his use and his glory, but it's not necessarily always that way because there are a lot of people who are talented who are not using their gifts to bring glory to God. And so the combination of a natural talent surrendered to God in combination with spiritual gifts of understanding and wisdom and insight that's when we see the full growth of all of those things. So I thought that was some good clarity. So why don't you take a second, maybe scratch down a couple ideas of things maybe that you can think of. Um, If you don't want to do it now, you can just think about it and then write later. But I'll give you a couple minutes. All right. Well, hopefully that got you just starting to think maybe. So as we talk through um, some ways that we can be more disciplined in our gifts, maybe now you have a thought or two running through of what some of those things might be, some of those um, natural talents, some of those spiritual gifts, some of those those things that you see in your purpose and the way that God has gifted you uh, to help others. So the question that now we want to talk about is are you faithfully cultivating... <laughs> were you shaking your head no? Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were just taking off your shirt or you were doing a big no. Are you faithfully cultivating and using the gifts that God has given you? Is there a way you could be more disciplined in the areas that God has blessed you with talents? Is there a way that you could... Um, do those things. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that today. So the first way that I think we can find ourselves undisciplined with our gifts is to, number one, put it on the shelf. Just kind of set it aside. Just not really using it. Um, it's inactivity. It's just, yeah, I, I have this gift, but it's just sitting there. It's, I'm not, I'm not using it. I'm not engaging it. I'm not stretching it. Um, The story that we read in Matthew, that third servant in the story, the first thing that he said was, I was afraid. And I think a lot of us put our gifts on the shelf out of this fearful passivity of like, ah, I'm kind of afraid to use it. Or, um, you know, I'm not sure what other people will think if I step down in this. Um, he was afraid of failing. He said, well, I was. I knew you were kind of mean to people who didn't do their gifts well. I knew that you were kind of harsh. And he was afraid of what the master would say if he failed or he didn't make enough money. And so instead of trying, he just let his fear cause him to just bury his treasure in the ground and said, "I just, I just can't. I'm just too nervous." Um, I was laughing. Um, the, uh, there was a little thing online of the millennials and their their new illness that they all have called the "I can't even." <laughs> Like the I can't even, they seem to all be affected with the I can't even. And I was thinking how often I will say, I just can't even deal. I can't even. It would just be, and this is kind of the third servant. I just can't even deal if I don't make enough money and this harsh master is going to yell at me. So instead of taking a risk, I'm just going to bury it in the ground and pretend it was never mine anyway. And I think for a lot of us that Uh, We put our gifts and talents on the shelf because we are just afraid. We're just scared. We're scared to fail. We're scared to have other people um, respond to our gifts in a way. um, It can be any number of things. Um, We can just put it away. We can also put it on a shelf by not managing our lives in a way that leaves room for the gifts that God has given us. I have been so guilty of this so many times. I just um, fill up my days with so many things, and then I'll be like, oh, I just never really got to that. And um, I tell the story in the book, but when I was pregnant with Betty, so 12 years ago, I really felt for the first time the Lord put on my heart to write a book. And I had been teaching Bible studies, but I had never written a book, and I felt like, I think that I'm supposed to do this. I really think that I'm going to write a book. And I was pregnant. I had little kids. I had crazy, busy life. And I just kept thinking, this is a silly time to start thinking I could write a book. Like, I don't have, there's not a lot of extra, what we would call marginal hours in my day. And um, I had told one of my mentors that kind of, you know, she'd asked, what's God doing in your heart? I'm like, I really think maybe I'm supposed to write a book. And after a few months, Um, she came, and we were meeting again, and she said, so how is the book going? And I said, well, you know, I'm not quite getting to it. I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm kind of, you know, I keep, if someday it happens, you know, whatever. And and after a few times of meeting with her, a few months, more months went by, a few more months went by, a few more months went by, and finally one day we were meeting, she said, how is it going? How is the book coming? And I just said, you know, it's just so hard. I said, I am trying to be obedient, And she looked at me in the face and she said, obedience does not work that way, Christy. You don't try. You either are or you aren't. And if your kids, you ask them to do something and they said, I'm trying to clean my room, and yet they were still laying on their bed, you would go, well, no, no, that doesn't work. And that was a huge wake-up call for me because I kept making excuses of, well, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I wasn't really trying. And so I just began from that moment on, I committed to one hour a night, and or the day, whenever I could find it. It was usually at night when I just wanted to climb into bed. I just decided, okay, I need to be obedient and faithful in this thing that I feel like God has put in my heart to do. So I committed an hour a day to sit and just write. And no one has ever seen most of what that hour included because I was so tired and I was so... Um, overwhelmed. It was horrible writing, let's be very clear. But it got me into the habit of like, you know what, I'm going to just keep going. And eventually, turns out I had enough for a book. And so all I'm saying is, it's really easy to justify, I just don't have the time or the hours or the energy. And yet, what is more important than doing the thing that God has told us to do? And the Lord has reminded me so many times, Christy, I am in charge of your plate. If I have asked you to do it, it's going to fit on there. If you are filling your plate with things that I've not asked you to do, well, then it won't. But if it's something that I have said for you to do, you're going to have to just obey me in that and know that it's all going to work out. And so for some of us, we have to remember, okay, Lord, it seems like this is something that I can't do in my own strength or I don't know how. I knew nothing about writing a book. I just think remember thinking like, well. Do I, do I call someone or do I send this book when I finished it? I had no idea what to do, but I just determined I was going to be faithful. And so whatever it is that you have felt like God has called you to do, just be faithful in it. Just start. Just do something. Um, don't be afraid of the end result. The Lord had to keep reminding me, what I do with it doesn't matter. You just do what I tell you to do. You just be faithful. And um, what he does with the outcome, and that's completely up to him. Um, and different seasons of life will be different. Um, I really wanted to write and speak and do things like that um, when my kids were little. Well, I could barely get out of the house. And yet I look back now, I knew that that was something God was beginning to stir up in me. I became an incredible student when my kids were little. I had I had books stacked up because, man, I was never leaving my house. <laughs> I had books stacked up. And I look back at how much I read and studied and journaled and just wrote because I would have 20 minutes, you know, while someone was napping or, you know, they're watching a, watching a video and you don't have time to really dive into anything. So I would just read a chapter or something and write some thoughts down. And I look back, those first, you know, six or seven years of being a mom when I th- thought I, I, could, I, I could never do what I want to do. It just doesn't fit into my season of life. I look at that as such a huge season of preparation that by the time my kids were old enough for me to start being able to do some of the things that were on my heart, the Lord had been preparing me so much along the way. I become, I, I learned to study. I had learned to read. I had learned how to make time in my world to kind of dive into stuff. So all that to say, What God is calling you to do right now, you might not see the fulfillment of it over here, but he knows all the steps along the way. So be faithful with what he's asking you to do today, and you'll, you'll be amazed at what he has for you in the future. That verse in Matthew 25, 21 said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. For some of you, Today, you just need to take that little gift that's been sitting on the shelf down and go, okay, what is the small thing I can do with this? What is the small thing? You know, I think a lot of times we think, well, that means that I'm going to have to, you know, start a new company tomorrow. <laughs> and, and That's not all. God is so gracious with us and so gentle with us. What is the small thing? Maybe some of you want to write and you just need to start a little blog or you just need to write a little more extended post on Instagram today or, or you want to do um, some other thing and you need to just think I'm going to just go take a class and learn a little more about this or I'm going to talk to somebody that I know is doing that thing and find out, hey, what's a little how did you get started? Just have coffee with somebody? What is the small thing that you can do to begin to take that thing off the shelf and to be faithful with it? And the last thing I want to talk to you about when it comes to putting gifts on the shelf, and this is something that I think holds a lot of us back, is you've had a bad experience with your gift. You maybe had somebody be critical of it, or maybe you Tried something and you kind of fell on your face, or you had somebody um, you offered, "Hey, I could, I could help with this," and they were kind of like, "Yeah, no, thanks." I remember in college, I was a vocal performance major, and so that means I sang in all the fancy choirs and sang classical music. And they had a worship leading thing on Wednesday nights for um, just student led, and I remember feeling like, you know what, I. God had begun stirring in my heart, I would love to be a worship leader. I had never led worship. I'd always played piano for our youth group leading worship, but I had never led worship. And it was something that I could tell God was beginning to stir in my heart. And I remember going to the person who was in charge of the Wednesday night student-led worship thing and saying, hey, I really, you know, I would love to, if you ever need help leading worship, I would love to be a part of that. And I remember them going, yeah, okay and then never calling. And I remember thinking like, oh, the shame. I offered my gift to someone and they were like, no, thank you. No, thank you. We don't, I don't, I don't really see you doing that. Well, you know what? Years later, God did bring that back up to the surface, but there were, if I had taken that experience and been like, never again, I will never again. I'm never, ever going to offer that to anybody. I remember, you know, I married a worship leader And so I would, you know, was always very happy standing behind Jeff, leading worship with him. But I had never been the one out front. And we went to a conference in Australia, and Darlene Check was leading worship. And it was the first time I had seen a woman leading worship. And I'm weeping, like, ugly crying the whole time she's leading worship, going like, just looking at me like, oh, Lordy, what in the world? (laughs) I cannot get my act together. And so after the session was over, we went to coffee. And I'm sitting there, and he goes, okay, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. But watching her, oh, I still get emotional. Watching her do that is something I'm supposed to do. And he was so sweet and saying, okay, well, let's just start doing that. So you're going to lead the next, you're going to lead one song next week. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to say the words. and I don't want to talk. And I just, I, I'm really comfortable, like just singing alto next to you. And yet there was a moment that God was like, and, and I had that fear of like, well, I have offered this before. And it was not you know, like, no, no thanks. You're not really that. You're kind of a behind the girl, behind the scenes singer girl. And you know what? I'm so grateful that God just continued to pull me out into new things. And for some of you, oh my goodness, you have so many talents and God wants to pull you into some new things. And I know it's scary. And maybe you've, you've volunteered for someone before you've offered something and somebody kind of went, no thanks, And because of that, that fearful passivity, you've just gone, I can't do it again because, you know, they didn't want my gift. I offered it and nobody wanted it. Do not let that put you put it, make you put it on the shelf. God has something new for you and he will pull you into so many beautiful new adventures with him. If you just are willing to say, okay, I'm in, I I might fall flat on my face. But I'm willing, Lord, to do whatever He asks you me to do. So don't let a bad experience. I know, I know women who I know have the most beautiful voice in the whole world who said, I do not sing anymore. Nope, don't sing anymore because I, you know, I had a bad experience and so I just I just don't do it anymore. Somebody somebody kind of didn't want me anymore. And they just they just are done. And that I think has to break the heart of God who picked that thing and put it in her bag and said, no, this is what I made you to do. And so we have to get over that need um, to have other people validate our gift. You just keep moving forward and you trust God with your gift and take it off the shelf. So that's the first way. Just take it off the shelf. Um, That's the first way we can be undisciplined with our gifts. The second way is just coasting. This is just you know maybe what your gifts are, and maybe you've kind of gotten into a habit of using them, and it's kind of all like this, and yet you're not growing, you're not developing, um, you've not, you're have not you not learning anything new about your craft, you're not trying new things within the context of that, you kind of just settle into a routine. And as I was studying this week, I was like, oh, this, you know, I feel like I've had these great moments 10 years ago where God was like, okay, here are new seasons. And there are some areas in my life this week that I was convicted that I have gotten into coasting when it comes to my gifts and talents that I've kind of been like, well, this is what I do now, but I'm not getting any better. I'm not growing. I'm not learning. I kind of, you can get into the habit of like, well, I know how to do this. And you don't have a, a way to, to challenge yourself to the next thing. And yet the truth is when you are using your gifts, it should be, they should be growing and expanding. Every year, it should be getting, you should be getting better at what you're doing. Every time. I always think about those developmental evaluations when you go with your kids and they make you, and like, are they lifting one foot? Are they lifting every time? You know, and my, my sweet Charlie was always slow on those things, and so he'd be like, okay, just do it again. Do it one more time, trying to get him to, like, get to the next <laughs> developmental milestone. And for a lot of you, when it comes to your gifts and talents, you've kind of been stuck in, like, you know, toddler mode for a long time. And God is saying, okay, I'm gonna challenge you, I'm gonna push you, and you're gonna hate it, <laughs> you're not gonna wanna do that hard thing. You're not, I want, but I want you to grow. I want you to get better at it. I want you to develop your gifts and your talents. I want you to develop as a leader. And so I'm gonna ask you to engage in in leading something, or I want you to in, um, grow in this this gift and this talent. We're supposed to be growing, and for a lot of us, I think we kind of get stagnant. We kind of just get stuck, and we're coasting. So think about that. What are your spiritual gifts? Maybe it is discernment. Are you more discerning now than you were last year? Maybe it is compassion. Are you using your gifts to to be compassionate towards others more this year than you were a year ago? Maybe it is a natural gift. Maybe it is um, cooking, Maybe it's photography. Maybe it's something like that. Are you, are you? Have you learned something more about your craft from last year to where you are now? Um, ask yourself that. Am I growing? Am I getting better at this thing, or am I just kind of stuck there? Um, you know, it's it's really important to look and say, okay, God, show me the places that I am. I need to grow, and that can be as easy as getting a book. That could be as easy as watching a YouTube video or taking a class or learning something. Um, am I doing more now than I was? Um, settling to stay where you are and not expanding your level of leadership, growth, and influence is a way that we can be undisciplined with our talents and our gifts. It's really easy to say, "Well, I don't have a lot of opportunities. If I had an opportunity, I would probably spend more time." This is the. This is, I think, the most incredibly difficult thing about gifts. You have to develop a gift whether or not anybody else is ever going to see it. Now my mother who is sitting right here is like the epitome of that because my whole life she gets up and practices the piano every morning. Every single day she spends like an hour and nobody hears her (laughs) and no one would know that she's doing that and yet she's Always, Her whole life had this sense that God has given her that talent, and so she works on it every day, even when no one's there. Now, I was always a like front-of-the-house musician, so like if I was going to sing somewhere and you were all going to see me, oh, man, I will practice and practice and practice because I just don't want to look like an idiot. But the true discipline of a true musician is that they will create their music when no one else hears it. And for all of us, I want you to think about I know it's easy to say, oh, well, if I had a place that I was going to use this gift, if I had a place where I could be a leader, well, then I would become a better leader. Well, I really think that God for a lot of times says, you start nurturing that gift, and then I will provide opportunities for you to use it. We can't just wait for the door to open. We have to, we have to begin using it. Um, a lot of women will come to me and go, I really would love to go speak places, you know. And I remember one woman coming to me and going, I really feel like I'm going to like be a woman of faith speaker like you know in an arena that that's what God has called me to do. So what do I do to get ready for that? I'm like go speak at like the The mom's groups, like, that's how I I learned how to speak. I mean, I was horrible when we started mom's group at River Valley. The first few times I spoke, I just, I would stand there, and I would shake, and then I'd get home, and I'd go, oh, that was so bad. It was horrible. And then year after year, year after year, year, I learned a little bit more, and I learned a little bit more. And then I would go home, and I would make notes of, like, okay, that, that that was horrible. (laughs) Try this, or you had way too much, or you had way too little, or you need more stories, and I just became a student, and I became a student of listening to other people who did it well, and going, oh, okay, ooh, that was really good, okay, so that, and I just became a student of how someone did it well. And then I just truly believe if you continue to grow in your gift and you don't care where the outcome is, God will continue to open doors for you and to use your gift if you're not concerned with the size and the magnitude of how your gifts will be displayed. I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in that. So be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. Don't coast with your gift. Volunteer somewhere. Go somewhere and start doing things. Take some lessons. Um, I heard someone say, if you can't actually do it anymore, then teach someone else what you learned. Maybe there's something that you were like, oh, I love doing this for a lot of years, but, you know, kind of seasonal life, I don't really know if that's my thing anymore. Well, now now teach somebody else what you know. Teach somebody else how to do the things that you've learned. Um, Mentor somebody. Um, Learn how to do it even better. There is no shortage of need and opportunity if you just open your eyes to what God could do through you. So don't put it on a shelf. Don't coast in the last the last one? Nope, there's two more. Um, one is holding on too tightly. Um, God might want to use your gift in a way that you never envisioned. You might have decided, well, I, this is my gift, and this is the way that it is used. And you've got this small little idea of how it could be used. And yet God is going, hold on, I've got I've got way, something you've never thought of. Something I never, ever thought I would write a kid's book. Ever, ever. I, I'm work with women, I write women's Bible studies. But one day my friend came to me and said, I can't find any curriculum for, for girls ministry. And so I thought, well, can't be that different from from women's ministry. And it can't be that different from what I do with my kids at home. So let's dive into it. Well, now it's turned into a whole company that I have. And so you might you might not think that you might, you know, put your have your little idea of what your gift might look like and God might just say, hey I have so much more that I'm going to do with that. So sometimes people are like, well, I don't really do that. Yes, okay, you know, someone might ask you to serve in kids church and say, "Hey, I want you to teach lessons." And you might be thinking, oh, "I really want to be a teacher, but not to kids." Like, no, thank you. Expand what that might look like for you and be willing to step into something that you go, this might this isn't exactly what I envisioned, but I, I might be learn I might learn something here and it might not even be forever. It might be I learned something here that now I take into this next season. So don't hold on too tightly. God might want to stretch you into a new area. So don't resist it when you feel like God is pushing you into something a little different. And now the last one, another way we not we don't discipline our gifts is to discount our gifts. It's really easy to look around and go, well, I just do this. I mean, if I had her gift, if I did that, we tend to look at visible gifts. We tend to look at really outward gifts. We tend to look at creative gifts. I think for a lot of people, we think, well, those are talents, you know, um, but My love for spreadsheets, I don't know if that's a gift from God. Yes, it is. Take it from someone who does not have that gift. Um, My partner with my girl's curriculum, if I didn't have her, I would, I tell her, I go, I would for sure be in jail because she meticulously writes every dollar and every book and knows where everything is. And she'll, she'll call me and go like, I'm going through your basement again and just counting all the books and making sure everything, oh my word, what an incredible gift from heaven she is to me. And it it might not be a glamorous thing. It might be easier for her to go, oh, well, I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not out in front of everybody. But it doesn't discount the gifts that God has given her. So what your gift might be quiet, your gift might be small in your own eyes. Don't discount it. Don't discount what God can do. Don't look at someone else's gift and go, Well, that's legit. Mine is just, you know, mine's just that. Um I remember I was teaching this study at Hosanna a couple of years ago, and this girl came to me and goes, well, you know, I just, you know, I what, I what I'm really good at is, like, keeping my kids' drawers really organized. I don't know how God could ever use, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Organized people are f- straight from heaven's angels. <laughs> like, to come and be able to organize things and keep things structured. So it's really easy to be like, well, I'm actually good at this. I'm actually really good at keeping my house together. I'm actually really good at like making sure things are organized. There might be a really great place for you to serve here at Homestead Church. We have lots of things in need organizing. <laughs> there might be a place at your kid's school that you could come in and absolutely blow the socks off a teacher who is just getting through the day every day and just would love for someone to come in and like make her bookshelves sane because she can never get to it. You might be the hands and feet of Jesus by organizing a teacher's bookshelf. Do not discount your gifts. Do not say they're not valuable because you can't quite pinpoint, you know, how you think it's valuable. Expand your horizons. Don't box God in. He has infinite creativity in the way he wants to use you in your gifts, and you might have no way of seeing what that might look like. So discipline yourself when it comes to your gifts. Figure out a way to begin using them. Be faithful. I want to close with one last thing about the parable of the talents. Um, a lot of times we think about that lazy servant, the one that buried, buried everything in the ground. But I want to talk for a second about those faithful servants. What happened to the servants who were faithful? What did they get? More. They got more. So I think a lot of times we listen to that story and we think, well, I don't want to be the one that buried it. Yes, that's also true. But I think it's important for us to look at the servants who got more because the more faithful you are, God will give you more. I feel like in my life, the more I have stepped out and said yes to Jesus, the more he has expanded the things that I want to do, the things that I never thought I would do, these new areas that he's opened up like, well, here's an idea. Maybe we could do this. You know, maybe we could do this. Missions trips have turned into huge parts of my life that I never thought I would be a part of, and I don't see any of that as my own strength. I see that as a direct result of my yes, that when I have said yes, that's a fundamental biblical principle that when you are faithful with little, he will give you more, and so I just encourage you, keep asking God to expand that. I was just talking to a friend um, who is really, really good at marketing And had spent years in the corporate world working in marketing. And then she had worked at a church helping with marketing. And then she'd started to feel like God wanted her to start speaking. And so she had been, I had been referring her out, like to to speak at different churches and stuff. And so she called me and she said, after about a year of this, I got a call from someone that wants me to do marketing now. So, you know, I feel so sad that I can't do that anymore. And I said, well, why not? Well, because now I'm, God's called me to do this. And I'm like, well, ho, ho, ho. God didn't take the faithful servants and give them more and take away what they had. He added to it. So in your life, when you are faithful, it's not like God is just like, well, that was a nice season that you were doing that. No more of that. No, he adds to it. I'm grateful every day that I still get to lead worship, and I get to speak, and I get, you know, he's added to things. The things that I love are still a part of me. He didn't take them away when he gave new. He just added to it, so when you're faithful with your gifts, he is going to give you more, and he is going to add to it, but I also want to talk about in that story, it said that to the one who just buried his talent that the Lord took it away, and so some of you might thinking I don't have any talent. I don't have any gifts. So the question you want to ask yourself today is is there a, a talent that I had that I said I'm not going to use anymore and I feel like maybe I just don't have it anymore. All you have to do today is say, "Okay, Lord, I'm I'm picking that thing back up again. Would you give me more. I, I want to be faithful. Could I ha- could I get another shot? <laughs> could you give me another, another bag? Could I start over again? I want to be faithful. And he will. I promise you, he is going to grant you more things. He is going to reawaken something in your heart that you buried a long time ago and thought, I'm never going to do that again. I know he is going to awaken that in you and begin to give you more opportunity and more chances for you to use your gifts for his kingdom. Because the bottom line is, There's a big world that's hurting, and we all have to be on task. We all have to be faithfully using whatever God has put in our hands to use so that we can uh, reach uh, reach these people for Christ. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And I want to read one last scripture, 1 Timothy 14, from the message version, which is really a cool translation. It says, Stay at your post, reading scripture, giving counsel, teaching, and that special gift of ministry you were given when the leaders of your church laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that dusted off and in use. Cultivate these things. Immerse yourself in them. The people will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted, just keep at it. Isn't that a great translation? Don't be diverted, just keep at it. All right, let's pray. Oh, Jesus, I'm so thankful for every woman in this place, Lord, and the amazing talents that you have given. Lord, those natural talents, those things that... They are just, have always been good at the things that you created and put in them when you made them, Lord, those, the way that they see the world, the things that they care about, the things that they are gifted and good at, Lord, I thank you so much for that, and for the spiritual gifts, Lord, the, those things that you imparted to them, leadership and compassion and mercy and discernment and truth-telling, Lord, all of those things, Lord, it is amazing how you took so much care in intricately forming each one of us for the exact purposes that you had for us. And so, Lord, our heart's prayer today is that we want to be faithful stewards. We want to be faithful servants of everything that you have for us to do. So, Lord, we just ask that you would help us learn how to cultivate those gifts. Lord, for those that have put their gifts on a shelf and just said, I just just don't think there's a spot for me to use that, I pray today, Lord, that you would help them take that off off the shelf, dust it off, and begin to cultivate that gift and grow it. Lord, for those that have been hurt and there's just real fear behind the idea of using their gifts in a different way, there's just real fear of other people rejecting them, there's real fear of the hurt that came from um, a time where they offered their gift and, and someone just discounted it or criticized it. Lord, I just pray that you would heal that place and that no longer would it keep someone from stepping into all you have for them, Lord, that that fear would be gone, and in the name of Jesus, it would be replaced with courage and bravery to step out into something new and different and leave you with the outcome and know that pleasing you is more important than pleasing man. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to grow gifts in every single person, um, that we would become people, women who are constantly growing and nurturing. I pray that you just give us creative ideas as to how to cultivate our gifts, how to stretch ourselves, how to challenge ourselves, how to try something new. um, Because Lord, we just want to be faithful. And so we pray all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.